Thank you so much for listening and worshiping with us this morning. Um, we have a bit of a change this morning. Pastor Pat is unfortunately feeling a little bit under the weather. And so we have a guest speaker who has very graciously agreed to step in last minute. He's very well known to us here at Waynefleet. He was the pastor for many years, and he's now the executive director uh, at Be In Christ Canada. Please welcome Charlie Mashenter. Well, thanks for having me today. About 8.30 last night, Pastor Pat called me and said that he wasn't feeling very well. And of course, in these days of the pandemic, uh, you know that uh, our medical officer of health is telling us that if you're in doubt, you're supposed to stay home. And so I commend Pat for doing that uh, today. And so you have me today. I'm filling in and this is my Advent meditation uh, today that I wanna share with you that I've been sharing with a few congregations. Uh, this year. I'm also mindful. Uh, the older I get, uh, my kids uh, tell me that I uh, am doing more uh, things with puns that uh, they don't really find too amusing, but I'll remind you today, uh, I love a Wednesday when it's windy, right? Because it's Wednesday. And, uh, yeah, yeah. and uh, anyway, this uh, pastor, was filling in, uh, pastor was filling in for another pastor, the regular pastor who was sick, and uh, said to the congregation, uh, you know, when a window breaks in your house, you put a piece of plastic over it, and uh, you do that until you get the real pain of glass put back in. And uh, so that's how I kind of feel today. And a little lady came up to him at the end of the service and said to him, uh, Pastor, you're really not that piece of plastic. You're a real pain. And so uh, that's it for today. Good thing you're wearing masks. I can't see that you're not laughing. We're in the season called Advent, and I want to just kind of say a little bit about that today and what that is all about, and I'm uh, going to do a shameless plug again. If you haven't picked up one of these little devotional guides that are on the table back there and maybe somewhere over there as well, uh, called God With Us each year, uh, we do, as being Christ people across Canada, we do an Advent uh, guide. This year we've tried to expand into an Advent experience, and so we're encouraging you to uh, get an Advent uh, wreath as a family to do the readings every day. Uh, there's a whole bunch of uh, activities that you can do as a family. This week was making luminaries. Uh, there's other activities you can do if you want to get together uh, through a Zoom group or a group of friends that you're walking perhaps with and just talk about Advent. There's some questions in there uh, for that as well. And so I encourage you to follow along uh, with uh, those readings and uh, just enjoy this whole Advent season. If we've ever needed uh, the word of Advent of hope and encouragement, it certainly is uh, this year. Well, the big question I want to begin with today is uh, this one. It's not too deep, but uh, just ask you to think about a time in your life when you may have stubbed your toe. I don't know if you are uh, acquainted with someone that does that, or maybe you're a person that does that, uh, but I've had the unfortunate circumstance of being able to do that quite a bit. I think at the end of my life when they remember me, uh, my uh, family will tell stories of when I, I've stubbed my toe, occasionally rolling around on the floor when I've heard it so bad. And the common theme about that is that uh, when I stub my toe, I invariably, that invariably happens to me when I'm walking around in the dark. I don't want to turn the light on, or uh, I'm just stumbling around trying to, to get somewhere in the kitchen after everyone's gone to bed, and then uh, somebody's left something there, and all of a sudden, bang, and you're trying to be quiet and you, and you stub your toe. It provides lots of comic relief for other people 
around you. What does this have to do with, with Advent? Well, the scripture that uh, I want to share with you today has to do with walking around in the darkness. Isaiah chapter 9, verses 1 through 7. Listen as I read for you. Nevertheless, this is the prophet Isaiah speaking, there will be no more gloom for those who were in distress. In the past, he humbled the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali, but in the future, he will honor Galilee of the nations by the way of the sea beyond the Jordan. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. You have enlarged the nation and increased their joy. They rejoice before you as people rejoice at the harvest, as warriors rejoice when dividing the plunder. For as in the day of Midian's defeat, you have shattered the yoke that burdens them, the bar across their shoulders, the rod of their oppressor. Every warrior's boot used in battle and every garment rolled in blood will be destined for burning, will be fuel for the fire. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the greatness of his government and peace there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. This is the word of God. For the people of God, may the Lord bless it to our understanding today and our encouragement. Verse I want to bear down on today is verse 2. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. Whenever I uh, come alongside people that are going through uh, grief or loss, or they've heard something at the doctor's office, that has been very distressing to them. Uh, they describe these times to me as a time of darkness. Invariably, that's the, the phrase that begins to come out, like they're walking around in the dark, like they're bumping into things and stubbing their toe emotionally and spiritually. Maybe you can identify a little bit with what Isaiah is expressing here in this scripture. To the people of Isaiah's time, it was a time of great national distress. They had lost their homeland after being invaded by foreign powers. Some of the best people were carried off into captivity, and they were finding it very difficult to believe in any kind of a word of hope. They thought that God, a lot of people thought that God had forsaken them. A time is coming, yet Isaiah says, when there will be no more gloom for those in distress. A time, a better time, is coming for those of you that have been humbled and lost so much, Isaiah says. When we go through those times, we're always tempted to ask why. Why me? Sometimes people come alongside you when you're in a time of darkness and they try to offer up an explanation or a response. Oftentimes those explanations or those responses sometimes just kind of drive the knife in even deeper. Simplistic answers seem to just seem like piling on, like Job's comforters who came to him and tried to explain things to him and just made it worse. Sometimes you hear phrases like, well, God won't give you more than you can handle, so you must be a really strong person. And you know what you're saying to yourself? I don't want to be that strong anymore. I really don't. I'm kind of weak, and I just feel like lying down. Answers don't seem to work often when you're working, walking in the darkness. And yet to these people, these people who are very tangibly feeling 
like they were walking in the dark, Isaiah offers a word of hope that a better day was coming, that a Messiah was going to come and break this darkness and usher in a new era. He paints broad strokes of a painting of a Messiah that would usher in a time of peace and deliverance. The wording used here is about a new kingdom, a new kind of order. This deliverance would be a supernatural kind of deliverance. It would come from God, as in the days of Midian's defeat, he says. It's when Gideon defeated uh, the people of Midian, and it was uh, a very small group of people that defeated a large military force because God sent them into disarray and fear, and they scattered. And this small little group of people defeated a, a large group of people. It is going to come from God. God is going to increase your joy, Isaiah says. Isaiah didn't say exactly when this was going to happen. He didn't say how long these people were going to have to wait. But he painted enough of a picture that the Jewish people were longing and looking for that person to come, that Messiah to come. We believe as followers of Jesus that Jesus claimed to be that Messiah, that he was in fact the promised one that Isaiah was speaking about. Though some contest that, we as followers of Jesus believe that that is who Jesus was. And so Jesus fulfilled God's promise, we believe. He came into the world as the incarnate, the one who came and entered our space and time as God's son into this world. Now, Isaiah was writing this word 700 and, in the year 742 BC. If you read in the early part of the book of Isaiah, you'll see in the year King Uzziah died, Isaiah says, I saw the Lord, I got a vision of the Lord. Uh, Uzziah was in the year 742 BC, and so this word that a Messiah was coming was over 700 years before Jesus came. When I was a kid, I had a very difficult time waiting for Christmas. Last night on uh, TV, there was a virtual Toronto Santa Claus parade. It was late this year, and it was virtual because of COVID. But for us as kids, the Toronto Santa Claus Parade was like the official kickoff to the Christmas season. And that was usually around like November 15th. And when we saw that thing, we thought, it's forever till Christmas gets here. It's like five or six weeks away from this. Why do they have this parade so early? And we just found it so hard to wait. Um, 700 years though, you can imagine how these seniors, Simeon and Anna, who were in the temple when Jesus, when Mary and Joseph came to dedicate Jesus, and uh, the Lord revealed to them that this was in fact the Messiah. You can imagine their joy that they've been waiting so long. No wonder they were so excited. Last Sunday we began our journey through Advent. Advent is actually the start of the Christian year, the Christian calendar. It's when we begin the movement uh, out. Advent is a time literally of eager expectation, waiting for something that's eagerly expected. That's the literal meaning. The idea that something good is coming, but it's not here yet. Advent is all about waiting and learning to hope. In perhaps the most well-known statement from the scriptures in Hebrews 11 about this, the writer says, faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. Something's coming. Hope believes that a better day is going to arrive. But when you're walking in the darkness, it's really hard to believe that. One of the most tangible illustrations of this for me 
uh, occurred in the year 2010 at a cave-in in the Copiapo mine in Chile, where 33 miners, some of you remember this historically, 33 miners were trapped underground for 69 days. The miners had extremely limited light, food, and water. When the light went out, they were literally in total darkness. I don't know if you've ever been in a place where there's total darkness and you put your hand up in front of your face and you cannot see your hand. It's absolutely dark. I remember as news of these miners trapped underground began to, to come out to the world, and we tried to imagine what it must be like, the perilous fear that these people were living in, trapped so far underground, wondering if they were ever going to get out alive. Word began to filter out that all kinds of companies were offering their expertise to try and figure out a way to get supplies and air down to these people and then figure out a way to get them out from underground. And the best people in the world were coming alongside trying to figure this out. But hope looked bleak. Would these people survive? We were found out that they had enough rations to last only for two or three days in case of emergencies. The miners who later got out from underground said uh, they rationed out the supplies, two little spoonfuls of tuna, a sip of milk, and a biscuit every 48 hours, and a morsel of peach. <laughs> you wonder how they kept alive. They said this, each day a different person took a bad turn. They worked as a team to keep morale up. As a group, we had to keep faith. We had to believe, we had to have hope that we would, in fact, survive. And I remember uh, that time when the first miner came up over this little shaft thing that they'd, they'd constructed to get them to the surface, and then the second one came up, and the third. Finally, the last one came out. And we realized that they'd all been rescued. The concept of hope develops slowly. We don't often need hope until we get ourselves into a situation where something has gone very distressing or very badly for us. Early on in the pandemic, I convened a group of pastors to talk about um, what this time might be like and how we can lead through this time. And I remember with those pastors, and we thought, well, by June, we'll be able to meet back together in, in our churches. I, re I remember saying that to the pastors. One pastor asked me, how long do you think you know, this is going to last. And I said, well, at, at least till June. And there was this gasp that went up on the phone, like, surely not. <laughs> and now that we're in December, we realize it's just gone on much longer and it will continue to go on uh, for quite a while. And, and there was one voice, our pastor from our Peterburg congregation, Aaron Holbrow, spoke into our lives as a group. Uh, Aaron and his wife have been through this journey where his wife uh, got um, some, a kind of MS and she woke up one morning and, and couldn't use her legs. Literally overnight, she lost her ability to walk. And as a family, they've been learning to journey through this. And Aaron said to us, um, maybe God wants us to stay in this for a while long enough to learn some things. Learn what he might want to say to us through this whole time. Maybe he wants to teach us something. You know, when we're in the midst of difficulty, we just want to get out. But maybe the pandemic grace that God is pouring out is an opportunity to learn some things, to slow down. You know, uh, before all this happened, 
We would love to have a snow day, wouldn't we? Like a snow day. Everybody got to stay home, unless you had some kind of, you know, four-wheel drive vehicle or something, but the buses were canceled. If it was a really bad, like everybody got to stay home and everybody got a time out. Well, we've had a whole lot of snow days. And it's really easy to kind of wish for everything to go back to normal and nothing's normal. Your Christmas is not going to be normal this year. Ours isn't. You can't see the people you like. You can't see the people you love. And you have to wear a mask all the time and it fogs up your glasses and it's irritating. And yet I'm reminded that normally this season of the year we would be saying we've got too many things to go to and we've got too many things to buy and everybody is rushing about and we're just so busy and there's this hustle and bustle that we talk about and we long for a peaceful, more quiet time. Maybe we shouldn't go back to normal. Maybe we should think about what normal might be like. The people walking in darkness, Isaiah said, have seen a great light. What do you do while you're waiting for that light to dawn on you? Maybe this Advent time, this Advent season, is a time uh, for you to allow God to speak to you in a new and fresh way. That first Christmas, uh, wise men who were not in any way Jewish or in any way predisposed toward uh, thinking about Jesus received uh, what we know of historically described as, as, as an epiphany, a word that comes directly to you from God. And they were told to follow a wonderful star to find a newborn king, and they went in search of that king. Maybe this COVID Christmas, this Advent season is for you a time of epiphany when God wants to speak to you in new and fresh ways and break into your life and say to you, I love you. Be with me. Follow me. Maybe God wants to speak to you about something in your life and call you to something new and different, a different way. Maybe he just wants to slow you down and speak to you in the, in the stillness. Maybe you're a person that just has a hard time waiting and God's just slowing you down and speaking to you this year in new and fresh ways. Maybe there's some lessons to be learned this Advent season. There's an old hymn that goes this way, Speak, Lord, in the stillness. While I wait on thee, hush my heart to listen in expectancy. For the words thou givest, they are life indeed, living bread from heaven, now my spirit feed. Maybe this season, which is going to be so different for us, is a time for God to speak anew and afresh to us. When Isaiah gave those words, I'm not sure he even realized how long it was going to be. But hope is born out of difficulty. Hope is born in the time of darkness when we celebrate that a better day is coming. I don't know what your years have been like. Uh, for us as a family, this has been a, a really tough year in more ways than just uh, dealing with COVID. And each day we're trying to lay hold of that little uh, promise that, that God is with us and that better days are coming and God can blend the things of our lives together that are so broken sometimes and so difficult 
and make something beautiful and good and take the shattered pieces and put them back together of our lives. Maybe that's for you this year. Maybe you're journeying with somebody that's like that this year. And uh, you need to believe that God can increase your joy today. This little video that we're going to show in a minute portrays uh, that whole time of waiting. One of the songs of the early part of Advent is the song, Come Thou Long Expected Jesus. This song uh, reminds us of all the things that transpired between this promise and Jesus' arrival. Let me pray for you. Father, we thank you today that in the darkness and in the waiting, you come to us and speak afresh to us. And so maybe this year of this pandemic, uh, Lord, we've been um, fighting you, and maybe you just want us to just open our hands a little bit and let you speak to us in new and fresh ways this Christmas. Maybe we've been journeying with some people that are going through a, a really broken and difficult place. And Lord, we um, just don't know what to say, and we need the strength and the words and the insight to know how to, how to best encourage them. I pray that you would grant us that as well. Thank you, Lord, that we are a people of hope, that even in the most difficult and broken places, a light has dawned, that we have good news, Jesus has come. And so we celebrate that this Advent season. And so we say again, come, thou long-expected Jesus. Amen. Enjoy this piece, and then Anne will come and dismiss you. <laughs>